you would please turn your Bibles with me to the book of Joshua, be looking at chapter 24 here momentarily. Life is full of choices. Every day when we wake up, we've got to decide, is it time to get up, or do I have to hit the snooze button once or twice? Do we want to stay home, or do we want to go to work? If it is Sunday, we can choose to be at home, or we can choose to come to the house of the Lord and to worship Him. Something else, depending on our circumstances. Do we brush our teeth? Do we take our shower? Do we go to school? Do we do our homework? Do we finish our projects? You know, sometimes if it were up to us, we may not feel like doing something and therefore may not want to do something at all. But if we know if we have to answer to someone, we better do something. Otherwise, we might have to face the consequences. Well, in Joshua chapter 24, verses 1 and following, tells us that Joshua gathers together all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and call for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. They had to answer to God. Joshua was going to remind them of all the things that God had done for them. And there were things that they need to realize they did not do for themselves. For without God, they would not have inherited the land. They would not have had so many great things that only can come from God. And as their lives begin to deteriorate, they begin to forsake Him. And their fathers had gods in which many of them wanted to serve. But now Joshua was giving them the choice. And in verse 15 of chapter 24, he said, If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua knew his choice. He was going to indeed serve the Lord. And then in verse 16, we find the people's reaction. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed from before us, saw the people, including the Amorites, who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for He is our God. It was very plain. Joshua realized no matter what the people decided, he was going to serve the Lord. And upon their choice, the people were willing to stand with him. 
that they too knew that they should serve the Lord. We have a choice each and every day. We can choose to serve the Lord or not to. And when faced with certain choices, sometimes the answer should be very clear, but it seems very difficult. Sometimes we get this picture of our mind of a white outfit on one side of our head and a red outfit on the other. One voice telling us this is what you want to do. This is what feels good to do. Whereas the other says, no, this is what you should do. This is what God expects of you. And sometimes it takes someone to point out exactly what the right choice is. You know, even Jesus did that to someone that tried to get him to choose something very wrong. In Matthew chapter 4, we read of the encounter in which Jesus was tempted by the devil. And there, and in verse 8, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. But Jesus said unto him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Jesus knew that he was not to serve the devil. But instead, as indeed it was written, he was only going to serve the Lord. And I find this interesting that Jesus is telling him, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Imagine telling the devil, You too need to be a servant of God. Perhaps it might be, some might even say it's very impossible because you know he's not going to listen. He's going to serve after himself. And he is going to get others to serve him as well. But even Jesus told him the word of God. Even he knew indeed what was written. Jesus knew that if he had a choice to serve his heavenly father or to serve the devil, certainly the right choice is his heavenly father. But what about us? Who should we choose? Is that consistent with who we do choose? Two chapters later, in Matthew chapter 6, there in verse 24, Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We cannot serve God or the things of this world. We have to choose one or the other. And sometimes when we are making a choice, we are automatically foregoing 
other choices. One thing I can remember from my government and economics class back in high school is that the teacher often said that everything involves a trade-off. When we decide there is one thing we want, well, we value this more than something else. And if we have to analyze our value, do we value the things of this world most? Or instead, do we value God the most? We cannot serve both God and mammon. Or Paul told the Galatians in chapter 1 and in verse 10, Do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. I can choose things of this world that would take me away from God. But Paul also says, I can choose to please men. I can value what others may say. What more than choosing to do the will of God. And if I decide that I want to be men pleasers, he said, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Sometimes to be a true servant of Christ means that I would follow him and him alone. I would not follow man wherever he might go. Now, if man is going in the direction that Christ would lead, well, then yes, we would go the same way. Even Paul said, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. He was trying to lead us in the right way. But notice that if we are following him, it is not per se us following Paul as it is us following Christ. Because he is the one that has set the true example. So we know we have to make the right choice. Choose to serve him. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. We read of a man by the name of Zacharias who realized that he was going to have a son and his name was going to be called John. And we're told then in chapter 1 that as the day comes for John to be circumcised, we find that there was one individual that came to them and John begins to tell exactly who these things were going to be. But in verse 67 of this chapter, Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and then began to prophesy. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in 
holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Zacharias knew the oppression that the people were under, but yet in verses 74 and 75, he knew that there is one that we must serve. And he said we would do so without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. We should not fear to serve the one that we put our hope in, that we put our trust in, that we put our confidence in, the one that has always been there, that is there, and always will be there for us. We must boldly proclaim the word of God. We must boldly go where we are led. If we are afraid to do so, remember the end result of those that are afraid. John wrote in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8, But the cowardly, or some translations say the fearful, the unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Those that are afraid to serve the Lord will enter into eternal punishment. But there is nothing to fear in serving Him. Because, as we also talked a little bit this morning, He gives us everything that we need. Remember the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 and in verse 33. He said, But seek first the kingdom of God, and is righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Serve the Lord in holiness and righteousness. If we seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and we are holy as he is holy, all these things will be added to us. What is there to fear. So it's very critical that we know whom we are serving. And then we go about serving him in the way that he has required. And how do we know to do just that? Well, consider what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16. There in Matthew chapter 16 and in verse 24, Jesus taught his disciples if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Did you hear how no one can serve two masters in that text? One must, first of all, deny himself. Sometimes we might say, well, you know, if it were up to me, this is, what, this is where I would go. 
But if it is up to God, the answer might be different. It may not be where you should be. You may not be doing what you should be doing. Are we willing to deny ourselves? If we realize that what God said is different than what we want to say and what we want to do, are we willing to sacrifice ourselves and do the will of God? Or what about taking up our cross? You know, sometimes we often hear that phrase, we all have our cross to bear. And when you think about the cross that Jesus had to bear, he had to undergo quite a lot. He underwent persecution. He underwent suffering. He underwent those that accused him of blasphemy. There were those that surely did not believe that surely he was indeed the Christ, the Son of God. But yet Jesus was willing to undergo all things. He was obedient even till the point of death, even the death on the cross. Jesus was willing to undergo that because he knew what was on the other side. That he not only died, but that he would be buried and he would rise again the third day according to the scriptures. That he would give us all that hope of eternal life. That by shedding his sinless blood, our sins could be taken away. What is it that might be holding us back? What must we be willing to take up? What might we be willing to endure? Are we truly willing to endure it no matter how long? In Revelation chapter 2 and in verse 10, the Bible says, Be thou faithful even until death, and I'll give thee the crown of life. Sometimes we might have to die in order to follow him. When Jesus says to follow me, we must be willing to walk in his footsteps. We think about in Acts chapter 7, when even the young man Stephen was preaching the words of Christ, when he gave up his life. People did not like the message, they took it out on the messenger who died like Christ. Then we think about all the apostles that followed after Jesus. The majority of them gave up their lives fighting for preaching the truth. And we think about the apostle Paul and the persecutions that he endured. He knew it takes a good bit in order to follow after Christ. And we look to him today. There are things going on in our country and in our world. Persecutions that we must have to face. But if we are truly a servant of him, we will follow him no matter where. No matter for how long. How are we going to serve him? Well, perhaps the best way to learn is by example. You know, Jesus taught us exactly just how to do that. In the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 20, there and in verse 26, 
Here is what he said to his disciples. He says, It shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. For just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. If you desire to become great, you must become a servant. Jesus said even the Son of Man did not come to be served. Instead, he came to serve. When you read throughout the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you find many occasions in which Jesus served. Those that were hungry, Jesus could feed. Those that were sick, Jesus made well. Some that have even died, Jesus brought back to life. Those that were in distress, Jesus comforted. Those that needed spiritual guidance, Jesus was willing to teach. Those that had sinned, Jesus was willing to forgive. He truly was a servant. But not just by what he said or how he said it. He also lived a life of service. One example that perhaps comes to your mind is found in 13. When Jesus knelt down, took a towel, girded himself, and washed the disciples' feet. In verse 7, Jesus said, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter then said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no parts with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. But Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You were not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus says, just as I have served you, so you ought to serve one another. And we find that there are many occasions in which they had a chance to do, and they did just that. And so, just as Paul said of him in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7, that he took himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a bondservant and came in the likeness of men, 
He shows his disciples how to serve. And no doubt, they went about and served him. We truly have a choice to serve the Lord or someone or something else. And if we choose to serve someone or something else, we find that it will bring about its reward, but it's only going to last just a little while. It is only going to be a physical, temporary reward. But what if we choose to serve Christ? Well, here is what the Bible said. There in verse 23, Paul says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. For you know that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. By being a child of God, we become his heir. And being an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ, imagine the things that we would receive that we so look forward to. But Paul said, as we do it to others, we do serve the Lord Christ. That's exactly what Jesus taught. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 and following, Jesus gave many examples of good things to do. And he says that by doing it unto others, we do it unto him. And verse 34, those on his right hand would hear, Come, you blessed of my Father, and carry the kingdom that is prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Or in verse 26, those, or, or verse 46, those who did not do what they should do will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Eternal life is waiting for those that are true servants of the Lord. What about you and I tonight? Are we truly His servants? When we have to make a choice each and every day, to choose to serve ourselves, choose to serve others, or choose to serve the world? Is that our choice? Or like Joshua, are we going to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If we choose to serve the Lord, we will be eternally rewarded. Tonight, the lesson is yours. If you need to respond to the invitation in any way, if you need to become a child of God or if you need to repent of sin in your life, you need our prayers and encouragement, whatever we can do for you, won't you come as together we stand and sing.